0: Hello Monetization Nation. Today I'm joined by email marketing expert Brittany Bailey and we're going to discuss the ins and outs of email marketing including how to grow our lists and essential email sequences. Tectonic shifts are constantly transforming the earth and business causing destruction and huge growth opportunities. I'm Nathan William the host of Monetization Nation where we learn how to leverage business tectonic shifts to transform monetization. On today's episode, I'm joined by Brittany Bailey, who is an email marketing expert. She's now a coach and copywriter who helps her clients and students monetize their email lists and create unstoppable marketing channels for their businesses. After pending successful campaigns for some widely recognized brands, such as Russell Brunson and Julie Stoyan, Brittany quickly became a go-to email marketing expert for online course creators and coaches. Now she helps her clients and students fully leverage their email lists and create unshakable marketing channels for their businesses. She's the founder of the popular email template system Swipes That Sell. And Brittany focuses on making email marketing simple so it's easy to stay consistent and get ongoing and sustainable results. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today, Brittany. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Could you start off by sharing with us something that you are super passionate about?
1: Yeah, so I absolutely love psychology. I accidentally almost double majored in it. Um, I took all of my electives in psychology and forensic psychology, actually. So it's like a, a little nerdy habit I have to go and research what's going on in that field.
0: That's probably a pretty cool passion to have when you're in email marketing because you can probably understand a lot better why people click and read and do the things that they do.
1: Yeah, they play really nicely together for sure.
0: Okay. Can you share with us your journey, your story to become an expert email marketer?
1: Yeah. So it started in college and I was um, doing journalism and writing for the paper And I started writing more and more for myself. I started blogging. This is, you know, early, early 2000s. So that's, it was like the peak of the blog, (laughs) the blogs. And so I started blogging and writing more for myself. And I had a, uh, someone come to my blog and she really liked my style. She really liked what I was writing and asked me to do some ghost writing for her. And at the time I didn't know what that was. So I was literally just Googling my way through it. Like, yeah, I can, I know I can write for you, but how do I do this whole freelancing thing, this process? And so uh, one thing led to another and I started writing for her. She was my longest standing client. I wrote for her for years and I started doing some of her landing pages and some of her registration pages and some other pieces of copy for her brands and started getting, you know, referred more and more. And so- I really found myself kind of in this space that I didn't really know existed that wasn't the corporate world, but was still allowing me to do what I really enjoyed doing and shape my lifestyle around it. And so um, I, you know, I found all these different clients. I was doing all these different kinds of copy. And then I had one client come to me and ask me just to do her email campaigns. And It was this like moment where everything that I had studied in college, like we were talking about psychology, all these other things came together perfectly. And I was like, I love this kind of copy. Like I like writing, but this kind of copy was just so cool to me with all of the other aspects of it, getting into the inbox versus the promo tab. There was just all of these problems that my brain had to solve within this one campaign. And I absolutely loved it. And so from that point on, I was like, I think I'm just going to do emails. And so I worked my way, you know, from there to obviously now working for some really awesome brands and some really awesome companies. And it's just, it's gone from there.
0: I love that. I love when people can find that aha moment, especially in their own personal lives and careers where, where they find what they're really good at. And and where they can change the world, and where they can make really good money, and what they're passionate about, and where it all just kind of aligns in one place. So congratulations right. on finding that. You. So you now ghostwrite exclusively on email marketing.
1: Yep. So I focus exclusively on email marketing for uh, online coaches, and a lot of times that's a personal brand. So online coaches, I talk to them about how to write emails that convert how to be sure that their emails are delivered into the right spot, and everything that comes with that. You know, sometimes there's some mindset stuff that plays into it. How do I know my clients need to hear from me? You know, questions that come up in that arena. Um, so I tackle the whole gamut, but relating to, to email marketing.
0: Yeah. Okay. What is the greatest home run or success that you've had in your career?
1: Yeah. So I got the chance to write a campaign for a really cool launch. Um, It was back probably about a year and a half, two years ago now. It was the mastermind.com launch with Dean Graziosi and Tony Robbins and Russell Brunson. And I got the chance to write some emails for that campaign from the ClickFunnels camp, because that's where I was working at the time. And that was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had to write the campaign to see the sales coming in live, to see... You know, Russell Dean and Tony were on live doing the, the um, not really a webinar, but basically they were on talking um, live. And that was one of the coolest things I've gotten to be a part of in my professional career for sure.
0: Yeah, that was a very successful launch. I received those emails that you wrote.
1: <laughs> awesome.
0: So tell me about the biggest failure or mistake that you've made in your email marketing and, and what'd you learn from it?
1: Yeah. So I think one of the early on mistakes that I made when I decided to niche down into emails was to not specify what kind of emails or what kind of emails I was going to be writing for who. So I made the mistake of saying just emails and not saying emails for infopreneurs or emails for online coaches, because the truth is emails that are leading to webinars and emails that are follow-up sequences for sales calls are significantly different than emails for like ecom for instance and so i made the mistake of assuming that just niching into email marketing would make me an expert in all email marketing when really you have to kind of know your industry and in, within email marketing it's, it's its own subsect and not all of the same rules apply not all the same Um, things are exactly the same. So that was something that I learned early on that I'm really grateful that I learned.
0: I love that. And that's one of the secrets for how we can become number one in the world at something and and how we can really increase what we're able to charge for something as we niche further down and we become the expert of a niche of a niche of a niche. uh, We really can become one of the best people that our clients could possibly hire to do that. And then we're worth a lot more. Can you share with us uh, one of your favorite monetization strategies related to email marketing?
1: I think we really have to look at both long-term and short-term monetization. And I think that sometimes gets missed in conversations about this. And so what I like to tell people is you want to set up your long-term monetization strategy with your list. So you want to have ongoing content going out, ongoing nurturing of your list, Um, you know, funnels that fire, you know, a couple weeks after someone buys that kind of thing. So you definitely want to have that. But I think in the short term, we also can monetize even if we haven't been nurturing our list, if we're just jumping in and getting started by doing some kind of flash sale by emailing, for instance, um, if you had someone come through your funnel, and they did not buy the bump or the OTO, and just going in and saying, hey, How are you liking this product? Here's uh, something that you might've missed in, in the haste of buying this. That's some really easy ways to just get cash off the table, invest in your list again, and then knowing that you have this long-term strategy in play also. So you're always like, you're always leveraging your list to, to, to the max and not just focusing on one side or the other.
0: I love it. So one-time offers and bumps are a quick short-term way to monetize. Um. But it's even important, as you're alluding to here, that we nurture that list, right? We look at it as long time, long-term value and not take email steps that might give us short-term revenue, but damage the long-term lifetime value of that customer.
1: Exactly. Because if all we're doing is only hopping in and doing flash sales and only hopping in and doing these little sales, we're never, we're never going to nurture them and we're gonna have a lot more unsubscribes. We're not gonna build loyal customers or loyal brand credibility. We're just gonna be those people who are hopping in when they need money. So it's gonna come off in kind of not a great way, but as long as we're doing that and then also serving them on the back end later, then when you do come back with a short-term offer or a short-term sale, they're much more likely to realize that you're bringing that to them for the best interest because you've been investing in that relationship in the long term.
0: Because we've been providing consistent value to them. Okay, so what are some of the secrets of nurturing that relationship and providing that value? What are the best ways to do that?
1: Honestly, it all comes back to who you're talking to. And so as a business owner or as someone who uh, has a specific offer for a specific person, their list is full of that specific person. And so one of the best ways to provide value is to hop into that person's life and think about what you can do to improve their circumstances. What questions are running through their mind at night? What things are they coming up against based on current events, right? We're all going through this massive thing right now. What is coming up for them that you can solve, that you can answer for them? What resources do you have that you can give to them? So it's really just about thinking, what do they need? And I think sometimes we get really overcomplicated with how to nurture a list or how to do these things. It all comes back to the person in your inbox or the person in your list. What can we do for them? And when you come from that standpoint, all of the strategies everything else makes sense when you come from a place of just, what do they need from me?
0: What do they need and how can I fill that need? Okay. Okay. the business landscape is constantly transforming by these tectonic shifts, right? That can cause destruction like earthquakes and volcanoes or it can cause uh, growth like mountain formation. Uh, what do you think are some of the biggest tectonic shifts in the business world that we're dealing with today?
1: I think that we are dealing with a couple of different things, but I really see an increasing need to build our list, our email list, and our even our texting list, any kind of marketing that is direct to customer. So there is so much going on on social media with algorithms, with changes to how we're able to relate to our customer, what we're able to say in our ads, all these different things. And I'm not saying we should never be on social media or anything like that. But I really do see an increasing need to own your database of your customers and to have a way to have a direct line from you to them. And so that is something that I am preaching every single day, day and night, because I really, I sense that that is something that we need as business owners, as coaches. We need that direct to to consumer, direct to customer line. And that's something we really need to be investing in right now.
0: Okay, so what you're saying is instead of selling a product and putting it on a Walmart shelf and just getting a sale, you're saying it's really important that we sell it in a way that we can get their email address, their contact information, and permission to continually build that relationship with them and contact them and and provide value to them. Um, And and that value, that relationship and that email address are far more valuable than just the sale right the the long-term value of the business comes in the ability to have that list and continually be able to sell new products to that list
1: absolutely absolutely yeah
0: i think russell says or until you have a list you don't have a business something like that
1: yeah absolutely
0: all right uh let's so, so you talk about growing your list um, what are some of the secrets and strategies, maybe even a story or two you could share about effectively growing a large list?
1: Yeah, so a couple of different things. It, number one, it comes back to the person that you want on your email list. So just like we were talking about with the nurturing, what do I say to them once they're on my list? What content do I put out? You're gonna ask yourself the same question when you're trying to attract people onto your list in the first place. So we're talking about low ticket offers. We're talking about freebies. We're talking about things that you're going to put out as a hook in order to invite that person, that ideal reader onto your list. So that is a fantastic way to approach it. I think a lot of people come at it from what do I want to offer? Like I want to put together a challenge. I want to put together this, this, and this, and they don't see great results from that. If we flip it and say, here's my person, what do they need from me? your list is going to grow significantly faster because you're coming at it from the same standpoint as we were talking about with the nurturing. You're coming at it with them in mind. Right. Another thing that I see people um, people having great success with is leveraging, I mean, you can call it Dream 100, you can call it networking, whatever you want to call it, but getting on other people's shows, getting on other people's Facebook Lives, having other people talk about them on their email lists that's a really great way to bring some traffic in. I was just in a, um, a bundle. I'm in a mastermind called the Digital Insiders. And I just did this big affiliate bundle. And my list grew by like 1,500 people because I was just part of this bundle. And we all got together and were sharing each other's audiences. So it's a really uh, good way to, to jumpstart your list and to get some, some fresh people onto your list and then get that ball rolling.
0: Love it. If you're going to do paid advertising to grow your list, what's the most effective way to do that?
1: Yeah, so really it would be the same the same principles that work organically and just putting some more money behind it to leverage it. So if you're going to do things like challenges or low ticket offers or things like that, once it's working organically, then you would put money behind ads to continue to promote that out. That's how I've always run my business and that's how I've seen it work the best is testing it organically first and actually talking to the humans, seeing what their response is, and then going and putting money behind what's actually working.
0: I love it. That's really important. So often people will try to scale it and put a bunch of money behind it before they've proven and tested it. And that's a big problem with paid advertising because we could end up losing our shirt, but it's also a big problem with email marketing. And a lot of people, um, don't test their email. What advice do you have for testing emails?
1: Yeah. Do you mean like split testing? Once yeah. you have someone on your list? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I always say to split test one thing at a time so that you're actually getting some information based on that one thing. So it would be split testing your subject lines, split testing your calls to action, and then split testing your story. Those are like the three kind of things that I would split test within an email. And you're looking at your open rates, you're looking at your click rates, and then ultimately your conversion rates as you're split testing all of those different aspects.
0: And which technologies do you recommend for people to use to to do this testing?
1: So I personally use ConvertKit um, and I'm able to split test within that. I know that ActiveCampaign is great. Um, I'm also hearing some great things about Mailgun. I haven't personally switched over to that yet, but I'm hearing some great things about the functionality there and also about the the deliverability rates there. Um, I'm hearing that they are really, really good. So that's something that I'm looking at.
0: Okay. So when we talk about email sequences and follow-up funnels and drip marketing campaigns, Maybe you could explain to the the audience uh, a little more what those are and and why a a business or entrepreneur might want to use those.
1: Yeah. So there are what I would call core email sequences, and those would be things like your nurture sequence, which would be, so if we have, let's say, an ebook or a challenge running, um, whenever someone gives you that email address. A nurture sequence or an onboarding sequence, or Russell calls them soap opera sequences, whatever you want to call them, is basically an introduction to your brand, to who you are as an, as an expert, to who you are as a coach. And it, it sets the foundation for the rest of your uh, relationship with that new subscriber. So typically it would be like a five-part series that would tell your story, that would tell why your story sets you perfectly up to be the coach for them, and you would tell them some of your resources, and then you would drop them into your main list. So that's an example of a core sequence that every coach, every single online coach should have. There's no exceptions. We all need a nurture sequence to onboard our customers, to onboard our new subscribers, to set ourselves up for success with every other aspect of the email list.
0: Okay. So in addition to that nurture sequence, what are some of the other sequences that are most important that you'd recommend?
1: So we're also going to have things like a launch sequence, which would be to introduce a new product or to highlight a product that you already have in existence to your list when you haven't brought it up for a certain period of time. So that's something that would be, you know, some kind of five-part to 10-part email sequence. Here's what it is. Here's why I created it. Here's how it's going to serve you. And on the back end, I would always recommend having an abandoned cart sequence, which would be, if you think about like a sales page, which would have, enter your name and your email address before you get to the order form. If they do that, but they don't complete the purchase, an abandoned cart sequence would come in you know, a day later, two hours later, however you wanna set it up in your system and say, hey, I noticed that you didn't get the chance to complete it. Was that on our end, did something happen? here's another chance so that that's a really good way to save some sales, um, as you're launching or as you're highlighting a new program.
0: I love it. How expensive and how expensive is something like this for an entrepreneur to come in and, and hire someone of your caliber to create, um, a, you know, the email sequences that they might need for their organization. What, what would they be? What kind of price range would they be looking at?
1: Yeah, so it really depends on where they're at in their business. I have a low ticket offer called Swipes That Sell that has templates for the core sequences. And it also has a training to teach them how to infuse their stories into the templates so that they don't look like templates or sound like templates. And that's a $37 product. So that can get people up and running and get some some monetization into their list and then once they're at another point in their business, they can go back in. a great email copywriter is gonna charge you thousands of dollars to get an email sequence up and running that is custom written for your brand, but you don't have to start there. And that's why I created this product because it's a, it's a really big jump to go from not emailing at all to investing thousands of dollars into your list. And so right. you don't have to, to feel that you, you only can, can do that in order to start leveraging your list.
0: Thank you so much, Brittany, for sharing your stories and insights with us today. Here are some of my key takeaways from this episode. Number one, focusing on the customer's point of view will better attract them to our email lists. Number two, before we do paid advertising, we should test it organically to make sure it works. Number three, we can grow our list through networking and leveraging other people's audiences. Number four, everyone should have a nurture sequence to introduce customers to us and our brand. Number five, abandoned cart sequences are a great way to save a sale. Number six, when choosing our path, we should narrow our niche, so we become an expert in that specific thing and increase our value. Number seven, we should focus on both long-term and short-term monetization. Number eight, the best way to provide value is to look at things from a customer's perspective and ask, what do they need and how can I give it to them? Number nine, it is important to be able to control our connection with our customers and have a direct way to contact them. If you want to learn more about Brittany or connect with her, you can find her on LinkedIn, Instagram, or visit her website at BrittanyBailey.com. And there's links to each of those sites on the blog post for this episode at MonetizationNation.com. Do you want to be a better digital monetizer? then please follow these free channels to receive digital monetization content. Number one, you can get a free passion marketing ebook and learn how to be a top priority of your ideal customers at passionmarketing.com. Number two, you can subscribe to the free monetization e-magazine at monetizationnation.com. Number three, you can subscribe to the Monetization Nation YouTube channel. Number four, you can subscribe to the Monetization Nation podcast on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. And number five, you can follow Monetization Nation on Instagram and Twitter. What email marketing strategies have worked best for you? Please join our private Monetization Nation Facebook group and share your insights with other digital monetizers. Thanks for joining me for this episode. I wish you success in your email marketing. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer to receive great monetization stories and secrets please go to monetizationnation.com and join free and if you liked today's episode please subscribe to the show and share it